Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. We're talking and discussing tonight physical healing of the body. 1 Kings 18.21 will be our first scripture reference. We are going to approach it from an entirely different standpoint than we have been. We're going to get tough. How's that? Is that all right? We're going to get tough. Amen. The violin take it by force. Right? 1 Kings 18, chapter, verse 21. How many remember the story? Elijah was a tough guy, wasn't he? Let's read verse 21. Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the Lord, and the people answered him, Not a word. Father, your word is anointed. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. And the Spirit of God has free course to break the yoke of bondage over everybody that's in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Elijah came to the people and he said to the people, How long are you going to halt between these two opinions? If God be God, serve Him. If Baal be God, serve Him. Well, you say, how's that going to tie in the physical healing of the body? Well, I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> the word halt means to stand between, stand in doubt between two courses or alternate courses. How long are you going to stand in doubt between the two alternate courses that you have? These two opinions. Either God's the healer or He's not. And I want to say this right now. Don't go taking some things that we may say here tonight and go giving them to other people, having these other people that are maybe spiritually immature in this area of healing, and just giving them bits and pieces. Now, we've come a long way. We've studied a lot of the Word of God. And if you give them the bits and pieces, they may go and do something foolish. And that's why when you're talking about the subject of divine healing... You have got to be in the wisdom of God. Let me put it that way. You have got to bring it forth in the wisdom of God. And that's why sometimes I think we hold back some things because there's a lot of people that will get off into the area of foolishness. In so many cases, and, and bad things happen. Some people let their kids die. And, and it's just an abomination to the Word of God, actually. Isn't that right? It's an abomination. Because of lack of knowledge, people die. But I think we're getting to a place of spiritual growth that we could hit some of these things hard and be open with them and under, start to understand them. Now, I'm going to make some statements tonight, and, and I want you to listen and listen carefully so that you'll not misquote me. How long is the church going to stand in doubt between this fact? God is our healer. Or he is not. 
When a person grows up in the things of the Spirit and of the Word of God, and he has tasted of the deep things of God, of the Word of God, of the healing power of God, one day he's got to make a decision. And that's going to be this decision, that Jehovah Rapha is my healer. And it means abandoning other sources of help. Now, we sometimes in the Christian world, we want to say, Well, now, how come now sister so-and-so died and brother so-and-so died and they didn't get healed? I wouldn't even want to begin to answer that question. I could give you many answers. But unless the Spirit of God reveals it, don't even answer. Don't even be considering foolish questions. I'm not talking about sister so-and-so. I'm talking about you and me. Amen? You and me. And God's Word. Well, I just said, how long are you going to hold between these two opinions? God's God or Baal's God? Let God prove it. I think we could tie that right into what James said in the first chapter. Matter of fact, go there. James, the first chapter. Let's just read uh, from verse... And here, here is the answer to many questions as to why a lot of people did not receive from God. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth, giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. James 1.5 But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded man is a man that has two frames of reference. God will put up with baby Christians while they're babies. But when they get to a place that they should have come to full growth and spiritual maturity, sometimes he has no alternative but to say that, I'm sorry, it's too late. Now listen carefully. If you wait to build inside your spiritual man faith for healing until you're on your deathbed, chances are you've waited too long. You better build up your spiritual man with all the faith in healing that you could possibly grab a hold of right now. Right now. That way when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him or cause him to run and flee from you. And this is why the Spirit of God has led me to take these. We haven't really switched from healing on our Wednesday night services. It was very essential that we talk about the sower, the parable of the sower, to show you how the Word of God works. And we're going to cover many different areas of healing. But basically, the ultimate area of healing, and that's your own life receiving healing from God through His Holy Word, one-on-one basis, but also other ways and other methods that can be applied to your own life depending on what level of growth you're in at right at this point. Now, he said a double-minded man is unstable. That man has two frames of references. He's believing God, yet he has something to draw back on in case God doesn't do it. By no means am I putting down medical science, but I'm not going to say this often, but I'm going to say it. The medical field is not God's way of healing you. 
You've got to come to that conclusion right now. When they left Egypt, he didn't say, bring their physicians along with you. He said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And he made a covenant with them and said, that's all there is to it. I will heal you and take sickness and disease away from the midst of you if you hearken diligently unto my voice and keep my commandments. Did he not? The requirement or the condition to that promise is you must diligently keep my commandments and hearken unto my voice when I speak to you. If you will, you not only will you be healed, but he says, I'll keep it away from you. I like that. And did you know that they had an old covenant which was established upon worse promises? Because we got a better covenant established upon better promises. Isn't that right? So the Lord, our God, Jehovah Rapha, has already taken them away from the midst of us. How much easier should it be for us to walk in divine health? Well, let's go to a man, Second Chronicles 16, just for a moment. We'll just put some things out here for you to chew on. Amen? Decisions, decisions, decisions. There comes a time in one's life that a man has got to choose or decide or select the way he's going to go. And that is the very reason why many Christians in their later years do not receive healing into their body because they never made a choice. A double-minded man never makes a choice. He doesn't make a choice. He has two ways to go, but he never makes a choice. Now, God's mercy gives us room to grow, and we have to grow. But when the time comes that you should have grown, it's time for you to make your choice. We're going to see. We'll tie some of these things together as we go along. Second Chronicles 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Then Asa was wroth with the seer and put him in a prison house, for he was in a rage with him because of this thing. And Asa oppressed some of the people the same time. And behold, the acts of Asa first and last, lo, they are written in the book of the kings and Judah of Judah and Israel. And Asa in the thirty and ninth year of his reign was diseased in his feet until his disease was exceeding great. Yet in his disease he sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. And Asa slept, or Asa died, with his fathers and died in the one and fortieth year of his reign. He had two years to make a decision. God's mercy endureth forever. But God's Spirit will not strive with man forever. He did not seek the Lord. Someone says, well, he didn't die just because he went to a doctor. I agree with you. But he died because he sought not the Lord. And if you didn't seek the Lord, then you're seeking somebody else. Now, get this and mark it down in your Bible. You won't get healed just because you didn't go to a doctor. You just mark that down. You won't get healed because of what you didn't do. You're going to get healed because of what you did do. What you did do. Okay? And if you're lazy, if you're lazy, if you're lazy, you won't get healed. If you're lazy, you will not get your healing. You know, 
Fear comes upon a person when they hear of an evil report. When you hear of something that's tragic in one's life, immediately they run, they get fear, fearful, and they run to the world. Well, why? Because the devil puts pressure on the person. Pressure. This ache or this pain or this lump or this or that. You get all this pressure. That's cancer. That's this. That's that. You're going to die for sure. Sure as the world, you're going to die. And all this pressure, you could just say, you could just sense it. It's like a dark cloud. The devil comes over you and he just puts it all on top of you. And he tries to weigh you down with doubt and unbelief. And all this garbage that he comes on you with. All this pressure he comes on you with. Now listen to me. Faith is a spiritual force and fear is a spiritual force. Fear applies the pressure from Satan. He applies that pressure, that spiritual force of fear on your life to cause you to act accordingly to his methods. Faith is a spiritual force. Now you get ready to shout. When you apply faith in your circumstances, in your situations, you are applying pressure to Satan's neck. It is a spiritual force that applies pressure to the enemy. You think your confession's doing you no good? I'll tell you what. Every time you get your spirit man lined up with the Word and you start to call out, In the name of Jesus, I've been redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease and it cannot live in my body. You're getting tighter on his neck and tighter on his neck and tighter on his neck and tighter on his neck. And then before you know it, boom, you broke it. And that bondage is broken because your spirit man just rose up and that spiritual force of faith put, or faith put the pressure on the devil. And he's got the fleet from you. You turn that thing around, friends, and you've got the exact opposite. Satan got the pressure. 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 What's this going to say? What's the doctor going to say? What's your husband going to say? What's this one going to say? Pressure. 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 I'm going to show you something here in the Word of God. Jeremiah 17. You don't have to turn to it. Jeremiah 17. You reach uh, verses 5 through 8 when you get a chance. He said, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm. The man that seeks man and seeks to put his trust in man is a man that eventually will be cursed. God knows as we're little babies growing up, there is a transformation. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He knows that you have got to get your life straightened out to where we can put our trust daily on Him. You grow and 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 His life, the greater one in you, becomes greater than all the things that are in the world. We said it's not by what you don't do, but what you do. When you put on this new man, when you put on the armor of God, when you put on faith, when you take a hold of the name of Jesus, you begin to grow. More confidence. Confidence grows in Him. And boldness grows towards Him, Him and His Word. And before you know it, that life that was once dominated by the senses and by the intellect is now dominated by the Spirit and the Word of God. And while you're growing, God gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and greater and greater and greater. And before you know it, you could blow anything out of your body just by the words of your mouth speaking God's Word. 
But can you see that the transformation that takes place? You're being transformed. You are being changed from glory to glory, day by day. But when that process is stopped in the life of a believer, he becomes stagnant in the Word of God. He becomes to, he comes to one level in the area of faith. And he has to begin to put all his trust in the natural senses. He puts his trust in the medical field. He puts his trust in the bank. He puts his trust in everything that's, that's of the sensual world. But the man that grows up into him in all things is the man that puts his total trust and confidence in the things of God. And you're going to do it slowly, day by day. It is a process. Daily process in the life of the believer to put his whole trust and commit his entire life into the hands of God. Some had to go as far as to say, I refuse to take anything that pertains to the field of medicine. I refuse to see another doctor. I refuse to do anything I'll die if God doesn't heal me. They got to that point in their life. I'll give you an example. This one fellow, I don't know if I shared it with you. If I did, all right. He listened to it again. This one fellow got poison ivy. Well, he, he, the doctor said he is highly allergic to poison ivy. He said that he was so allergic to it that the doctor told him, he's a minister of the gospel, he said, if you ever get any of it on you, you better wash that stuff off as fast as you can. As fast as you can. Because it'll turn black. It'll, you'll swell up. You'll get a high fever. And before long you'll die. You'll have heart attacks and you'll die. Well, the fellow was out playing ball with his kid in the backyard. And he got into the poison ivy. And the poison ivy got all over his body. And so the uh, first thought that came to him was, You better get that stuff washed off your body. He said, He got up one, He started walking to the house. But he said, in the name of Jesus, I won't be under subjection to poison ivy or to any medical field or anything. He says, in the name of Jesus, I refuse to listen to the devil. So, time went on. Every symptom that the doctor said would happen began to happen. He began to swell up. It got over his body. He began to swell up. It began to turn black. He got a high fever. He began to have heart attacks. Finally, late well, this one night, the wife called the associate pastor and said, come on over. My husband's about dead. He was having heart attacks, and he, he actually said, he, he says, I seem like my spirit was leaving my body. Well, the minister on the other side of the phone said, said, oh, don't you mind anything, just go to bed, forget it. I'm not coming over to pray for anybody, he can't die on me. There's some tough people in this faith walk. There are some crude characters, I'll tell you right now. Now listen to me, because I want you to hear it like it is. You have got to come to a point in your life that you are going to be who the Word says you are. And you are not going to take any back seat to no devil or to no poison ivy. But you've got to grow into this. He said, I, he said, go to bed. You go to bed. He can't die on me. Glory to God. And I'm going to bed and forget about it. He goes, they all went to bed. Well, heart attack leaves. Next day, swelling starts to go down. Fever goes down. Next day, it begins. The blackness begins to go away. He gets all to the point he's all cleared up. Gets out of bed. He's ready to go. He get, he he's all gone from his body. He walks out of the house. Walks to the backyard. Walks up to the poison ivy. He looked at the poison ivy. Picked it up and washed his face in the poison ivy. And he said, "Now he said, I defy you, Mister Devil, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I defy you." And he looked down at the poison ivy. He says, "And I curse you in Jesus' name." And it all died. You willing to go that far? Listen to me. Are you willing to go that far? So I said, boy, we got faith. Do you? 
Do you? You got faith? You believe God? You talk about going to your almost under the water. That fellow did. He believed God. He believed God. He would not give up his faith. He would not. He would not yield. He would not give up his confession of his faith. He believed God to the very end, to the point of death, and said, Glory be to God, no, I won't give up. You want to know why some people don't get their healing? Now listen, please keep this in context. I am not knocking the medical field. I'm telling you this. There's going to come a point that you have got to just let that medical field go. Did you hear me? I said there comes a time that you have got to believe that Jehovah Rapha is your healer and he will protect you from all sickness and from all disease. And besides all this, we in this modern day and age, we've got more hospitals that are overflowing and full. We've got more clinics for every special, there's specialists in every field, every medical field you can think of. To go to this one, you've got to get a specialist. To go to that one, he's got another specialist who's more special than this one. And before you know it, you've got professional for every little thing there is. You just can't go to one doctor. You've got to go to ten. Right? Five foot in the bill. You've got doctor's offices that are overflowing. If it's doing such a great, marvelous thing like people say, why are there more people sick today than there ever has been before in history? Right here in the United States of America. Why? And did you ever hear people talk about, about the hospitals when they got out of them? I'm going to tell you why. Because they got more fear in death than they do in the hospital. There's nobody sitting in this place right here that wants to go to a hospital. If you do, raise your hand. Has somebody cut you open? Raise your hand. But when it gets to the point that you know something's wrong, you, you have more fear in that death than you have in that hospital, so you'll go. Right? You know the Bible says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. You know the Bible, see, they're looking for help. You know the Bible says in Psalm 46, verse 1, God is my refuge and fortress, a very present help in trouble. Did you know that? We've been looking to the left, we've been looking to the right, we've been looking across the sea, but he says, I'm very present with you to help you. Beloved, there comes a time that we have got to take the Holy Word of God and do exactly what Jeremiah said. You've got to eat it. Why? Well, let's look at some scriptures. The 18th chapter of the book of Proverbs. I'm going to read to you these translations from the Amplified Bible. It's time somebody got top and started preaching the full gospel. It's time we started to realize that Jesus' price on Calvary, was the price was paid by Him for your sickness and for your disease that you would not have to bear it or you would not have to have it. And you're going to see that very vividly. And it's time that we start to change our attitude and change our motives why people want to receive a healing. And you're going to see that in a minute why our attitude will be changed. Proverbs 18. If you've never eaten any of these scriptures, it's time to start eating. You know you can't live on yesterday's manna? Remember when the children were in the wilderness and they had to go out and get bread, but they could only get enough bread for the day? Matter of fact, he said, just go out and get provision for today. For the one day. For the one day. 
If they gathered more, they couldn't eat it all. So you know what happened? It rotted. It spoiled. Worms got in it. Isn't that right? You know your body lives on that manna? On that physical food? Did you know that your spiritual man lives on my words are spirit and they are life and man shall, live, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God? Did you have a meal today? Will you have one tomorrow? If you don't have one tomorrow or the next day, will you be weak? Physically? You can't live on yesterday's word you read. I don't care if you heard about healing every day for the last ten years. I'd say you better hear it today. And you better eat it today. Because your spiritual man feeds on the Word of God. And the Word is found in the pages of the Bible. Thank God for Bible helps. But blessed be God, it's all in the Word. And unless you are eating the spiritual food into your spirit every single day, then I'll tell you what, you better get some fear of God in you. If you're not doing it, you better get some holy, reverent fear of God inside your spirit right now. This is why a lot of believers are not receiving the fullness of what God has for them because they are not taking the Word of God. Do you know why we don't have communion more often? If you're a believer, friends, I want to tell you something right now. You should have communion every day at your house. The reason why we don't have a communion often in a public assembly is because most people are not doing their drinking and eating condemnation, to, damnation to themselves. That's why. Your average Christian, if you go out and find them and you go out and take a poll on your average Christian, they do not read the Word of God every day. They do not feed their spirit man. And they do not recognize what that actually means, that Jesus bore their sickness and disease as well as their sins. And every time they come to church and partake of it week after week after week after week, they are eating and drinking damnation to themselves. And many of them are sick and many of them are dying and don't know why God's not healing them. When I know that everybody is taking communion every day because they are reading God's Word and fellowshipping and prayer and filling up their spiritual man with the Word of God, we can have it once a week. And there's healing in it. But if you're faithful out there, you go before the throne of God in your own household on your knees and you have communion with your Father. Amen. Many a days, that's exactly what I do. Don't got to wait for the church. Amen. Get on your knees before God. You live your life holy before Him. Brother Smith Wigglesworth started his day out every morning, 5 o'clock with communion. Every day. Want to know why that man was a spiritual giant? Because he didn't read anything but God's Word. He didn't look at anything. He didn't see anything. He didn't, he did not allow a newspaper into his house if you came to it by the door. He said, leave it on the porch. When you come into my house, it's with a Bible or with nothing. People want to be like him? Faith come up by hearing. It's in the Word. Look at this scripture. I'm going to read to you from the 14th verse in the Amplified Bible. The strong... You, you, you don't got in the King James there. You circled or write this down there. The strong spirit of a man will sustain. Write strong in... Call me what you want. I'm fanatical. A happy heart. Underline this. Circle this. A happy heart. A merry heart. What kind of a heart? Well, this, a strong spirit will sustain the infirmity. A merry heart will do just as good as a medicine. Now, do you believe that? Do you believe that? Then why do people get off and murmur and complain and cry just because they got any report? Get a merry heart. 
Because we have not put as much faith in God's Word as the medicine you could see with your hand. When you believe that a merry heart is far greater than any kind of penicillin you can buy, or any kind of medicine you can buy, then you'll begin to know that that merry heart is going to heal your body. But a broken spirit, again, a broken spirit is one that's not filled with the Word. Word, Word, people. Preachers aren't supposed to be only filled with the Word. You should quote the Bible. You should know the Bible inside and out as a believer. And mostly the New Testament. You should be a living epistle of the living Christ. You should never sit back and say, I can't remember the Bible or quote the Word. It's so shame. Get on your knees before God and say, Father God, the Holy Spirit brings all things to my remembrance. And I'm going to remember that Holy Word of yours. And it's going to rise up from the inside of my spirit and teach me. The merry heart does good like the medicine. Now over here in, in the Proverbs, it says it this way, A happy heart is a good medicine, and a cheerful mind works healing. But a broken spirit dries the bones or causes sickness. Now here's some answers. Go to the 15th chapter. Verse 15. Okay? The mind of... Verse 15. All the days of the desponding afflicted are made evil, listen, by anxious thoughts and foreboding. But he who has a glad heart has a continual feast regardless of circumstances. The glad heart. The afflicted through their self-pity, through their anxiety, make their condition worse and worse to their soul despondent that they can never get healed. But the one that has the glad heart, regardless of the circumstances that come his way, has a continual feast right at the table that's been provided for us by the Lord Jesus Christ. A table prepared for us before, right, in the presence of our enemies. A continual feast. A glad heart. A merry heart. A strong spirit. Strong towards what? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. There's coming a time to this place right here, to this body, that we're going to have to make a decision, friends. I, I mean that sincerely. We are going to have to make a decision that Jehovah Rapha is our healer. He is our great physician. He is the Lord that healeth us. He is the one that keeps sickness and disease away from us. Go to another scripture, the fourth chapter. Let's take a look at verses 20 through 22. I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. My son, attend to my words, consent and submit to my sayings. Let, not your, let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. For they are life to those that find them. Healing and health to all their flesh. My words. My words. He sent his word and did what? There is healing in God's Word. Healing is in the Word. Healing is in the Word. The Word can be eaten spiritually inside your spirit, so your spirit can become strong. And when your spirit becomes strong, it will sustain any sickness or any disease that comes by your physical body. That's what the Word is saying. That's why James says, but be ye doers of the Word. Do you know that if you'll just take that Word, and I mean take hours, how many hours do you spend eating a day? Physical food. 
How long does it take to prepare a meal and sit down and eat and have all the dishes, everything? It takes time. I believe, friends, that if you'll take the same amount of time when you're done eating physically and eat spiritually and maybe cut out some meals and just eat spiritually, it'll sustain your body. You'll develop spiritually. You'll grow up spiritually. We'll get to a place that our spirit man is so full of the Word of God that when the devil comes and applies the pressure of sickness and disease on our outward man, we'll turn on the force of faith. We'll put the pressure on all his demons and cohorts of hell and we'll cause him to flee and run from us in seven ways because of the force of faith that's so built up inside our spirit. And you know what about the good thing about this medicine? You could take as much as you want. You could take um, as much as you want all day long if you want until you blow that thing out of your body. But they don't do it because they've never developed their confidence in it. Go to the 52nd chapter of Isaiah. You're going to have to see something. I want you to see why decisions are so important. When you came to Christ, it was a decision. Was it not? It was a decision. You made a decision to follow Christ. You are going to have to make a decision to be healed. You are going to have to make a decision to stay healed. You are going to have to make a decision that you're going to live your life so much addicted to God's holy word that it will keep you healed. If you're not willing to make that decision, then you better make provision in the flesh. Listen, we might as well lay it out like it is. We might as well just tell the truth. I don't believe in beating around the bush. If you read your Bible once a week, oh, you may just play games with God for a while. But when, oh, dear sister and brother so-and-so get on their deathbed and they've got cancer at the age of 45 or 50, and everybody's praying up a storm and just doing everything they know to do, pushing every, pulling every lever and everything that you know to do, and he dies, and they say, oh, why? Now, Lord, now make it 10,000 excuses why they didn't get healed. But yet, they hardly ever read their Bible. Never made Jehovah Rapha the healer of their life. Never took the Word of God serious enough. You check full gospel circles right now, friends, and I'll guarantee you'll find something that'll be astonishing to you. Word level time of studying the Bible, zip. If they do, it's a five-minute quickie. Oh, honey, I read 14 verses in John today. And your spiritual man is so hungry, it's a weekly. Because the food comes in from those pages that's on that word. And then you run to this evangelist, you run to that evangelist, and you run to this one, and you run to that one, and you run to this one, and to that one. And nobody seems to get you healed. But the Bible says he sent his word and healed them. Didn't everybody hear how he anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil? Anybody got the living Bible? Matthew 15, 29 through 31. Would you shout it out or bring it up here one of the two? 
the living Bible. If some of you find this hard to swallow, just listen. Jesus now returned to the Sea of Galilee and climbed a hill and sat there. And a vast crowd brought him their lame, blind, maimed, and those who couldn't speak, and many others, and laid them before Jesus, and he healed them all. What a spectacle it was. Those who hadn't been able to say a word were talking excitedly, and those with missing arms and legs and new, had new ones, the crippled were walking and jumping around, and those who had been blind were gazing about them. The crowds just marveled and praised the God of Israel. He put on new limbs right there before their faces. He created new eyes where there was no eyes. He put on new ears when Peter cut off the ear. He put on new arms. He said, stretch forth your withered hand and there'll be a hand when there wasn't one. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he says, I've given you the power to go out in all the world. You preach the gospel. How are we going to do it, dear beloved, if we can't do it for ourselves? How long are we going to halt between two opinions? Is he God or is he not God? Is he or is he not? Has he healed us or has he not healed us? Do I have to wait till he heals me 542 times before I can say, Yes, now I accept you as my great physician. No! He wants us to grab a hold of him right now like a child. Father God, you're my healer. That's all there is to it. Why? I'm going to show you why. 52nd chapter, verse 14 of Isaiah. When I first got saved, you couldn't tie me down. And I hadn't lost my first love. Isaiah 52. The reason why I pursued the healing of the body, I didn't care if you showed me 10,000 scriptures that said no. I always knew down deep inside my spirit it was yes. Amen. Amen. I knew it right here. I knew it. I'm not wanting to get anybody in a place of bondage. But there comes a time that you have got to hear the fullness of the truth. There's going to come a day, beloved, that you're going to have to put away carnal things. There's going to come a day in your life you're going to have to set aside carnal things if you're going to want to have that crown. One lady prays from 4 o'clock in the morning to 8 o'clock in the morning to 12 noon. She takes a lunch break and prays at 2 o'clock in the morning in the afternoon. She takes another break and prays till midnight, from 2 to midnight. All she does is praise and she goes from city to city to city to city and city and there's great revival breaking out in every city and all the men of God think they're doing it but it's a little old lady that's praying and praying and praying and praying. She has no private life. She's got a totally dedicated life to God the Father. It's when you get so sincere with God that you believe that inside the pages of this holy written word, blessed be God, is life and healing and faith and love. And if you desire in your heart, if you thirst, and if you hunger after the righteousness that he talked about, you're going to be filled. He didn't lie. He did not lie. And I believe we've got to understand this. I'm going to hold your place there in in Isaiah 52. I'm going to read to you from the Beatitudes in the Amplified Bible, Mark 5. Uh, Matthew 5, I'm sorry, Matthew 5. This is from the Beatitudes. This is the Amplified Bible. Listen. Blessed, happy, 
blithesome, joyous, spiritually prosperous, that is, with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions, are the meek, the mild, patient, long-suffering, for they shall inherit the earth. They shall inherit the earth. I'm going to read to you some more of this. Blessed, happy to be envied and spiritually prosperous, that is, with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions, are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed, happy, enviable, fortunate, and spiritually prosperous, that is, possessing the happiness produced by experience of God's favor, and especially conditioned by the revelation of His grace, regardless of their outward conditions, are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And if you read this entire thing, from the fifth chapter of Matthew to the Amplified Bible, it'll just give you a new awakening. It'll, you are not the one to be hoping to believe. We are the ones that are the blessed. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Joyful, blessed to be envied. And, and everything that that scripture says are we to be because we are filled to overflowing with the entire life of God. Can you imagine that? Can you grab a hold of that? But yet we sit week after week and try and... I'm talking about the church as a whole. Trying to get something. Trying to get God to do something. Trying to have Him do this and answer a prayer. It's so hard to get a prayer answered. Get before God in hunger and thirst. You ever see anybody who was starving to death? You ever see anybody in a desert who, could, who, who couldn't... You ever see, well, Jesus was on a cross. His tongue stuck to the roof of his mouth. That's how God wants you to be towards his word. You know, I can't get... I'm at the point right now in my life that I can't get enough of God's word. I can't. I can't explain it with words. But something on the inside is so hungry. Something on the inside is so thirsty to get the word of God so people can be delivered and set free. Inside my spirit, you could just scream out. To see Jehovah split the clouds of glory and heal somebody and deliver somebody and to get them sober, save their soul from the pits of hell. To watch arms and legs grow out right before your very eyes. In this generation, we're going to see it. Are you hungry for it? He's talking about full gospel now. Cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents, drink out of anything that won't harm you, lay your hands upon the sick and those people are going to recover. Isaiah 52. Here is the why. If you never wrote this in your Bible as the why you should be healed, you write it down right now. This is why you should want your healing. This is why. 52.14. I'm going to read it to you again from the Amplified Bible. For many, the servant of God became an object of horror. Horror. Many were astonished. His face and his whole appearance were marred more than any man's. And his form beyond that of the sons of men. But just as many were astonished at him. The word marred. 
means corruption. Listen to this list. Bruised, beaten, marred, disfigured, striped, mutilated, injured, torn. That is, his outward appearance was awful to behold. That's what he looked like. They were astonished because even the sinner that looked on that cross could not believe that somebody was guilty of that kind of an appearance. It was beyond human recognition. That body that was broken for you. Now go to 22nd Psalm, verse 6. Beyond recognition. You want to know why people eat and drink damnation to themselves when they do not remember the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? Because the price He paid, we don't even have an inkling as to the torture, the torment that He suffered on the cross and in hell. But when you grab a hold, when you begin to see, and I'm going to share it with you, how to get your healing every time. When you begin to see that mutilated body, when you begin to see cancers grow, growths on his body, tuberculosis, when you begin to see it all. Let's go over here first, the sixth, sixth verse of the 22nd Psalm. The 22nd Psalm is graphic of his death. The 23rd Psalm is what we live in now. We're living in it now. And the 24th Psalm is prophetic of the millennium. 22nd Psalm, verse 6. But I am a worm. The word worm is the Hebrew word T-O-L-A. It means maggot, crimson grub. Blood that the blood of this worm is used to dye material the scarlet color. It was the perfect color of the blood. When he cried out that I am the worm, that's exactly what he meant. The perfect blood. I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despise of the men, of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls. Have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have, have beset me. That phrase there, the strong bulls, stands for the brute strength of all the re bull-headed religious leaders were led by the bull strength of all the spiritual wickedness of, in high places and all the rulers of the darkness of this world have gathered together for one intent, one purpose, and that was to mutilate the body of the Lord Jesus Christ and to throw him in the pits of hell forever. If Satan had known this, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. He would not have stirred up the people to kill him. But it was the most horrible and gruesome death that a man ever died. And he wasn't even guilty of it. But they were instigated by them. I want you to see not the people that did it. I want you to see the spiritual forces behind those that did it. We're not battling against flesh and blood, but spiritual wickedness. Rulers of the darkness of this world, they're behind all this garbage that we are up against. And they stirred up these people that they could destroy. Let's go on and read here. 
down to verse 15. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ra ravening and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. Now listen to this last phrase. And thou hast brought me into the dust of death. The dust of death. What he's talking about is, you brought me to the same place where Adam was when he was created out of the dust of the earth. All the life is out of him. The last Adam is now in the same, same situation as the first Adam before God breathed the breath of life. That's it. That's what the body's like. It's empty. There's nothing there. To the dust of death. Corruption means he, his body would have turned to dust. It didn't turn to dust. God wouldn't allow that to happen. But it did get to the place that Adam's body was when he was created. Without God breathing life. Now listen, this is important. Now, down there in the pits of hell, Christ became the curse for us. He, on the tree, He became the curse for us. For it is written, Curses every man that hangeth on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham. Okay, he became the entirety of the curse. He became to his spiritual death. He became poverty. He became tuberculosis. <coughs> excuse me, locusts. He, he became cancer. He became pneumonia. He became influenza. He became polio. He became muscular dystrophy. He became multiple sclerosis. He became every sickness, every disease that you could possibly think of, that you could possibly name. And his visage was so marred. They couldn't tell he was a man. He didn't look like a man. He didn't look. He looked like a worm. He didn't look like a human being. They were astonished to look and see that mutilated body. He came back to the dust and he went to hell. Now are you ready? It pleased Jehovah to bruise him. It pleased God to do that. How could he have pleasure in such a horrible death of his only son? Because with his death, my servant shall justify many. It pleased him to make him sick for you and for me. So you and I would never be sick again. But when he was in the regions of hell, beloved, when his body was like that of Adam... Just as he breathed the breath of life into Adam for the, new, for the first creation, he breathed from the throne of God. He looked down the banisters of heaven and he spoke and he said, Thou art my son this day, have I begotten thee? And the new creation, the second Adam, was gone. But the new creation was alive. There is no more first creation. You and I are peculiar because you and I never before existed. We are the new creation. That God spoke life into that dead body of Jesus. The same act that took place in the garden is the same act that 4,000 years took later in the life of Jesus Christ. And you and I are not normal people. We are God men on the earth. We have the same life of Jesus Christ in us. We are being changed day by day to the very image. And the reason why you should want to be healed. When you get a graphic picture and you see on that cross 
in your spiritual mind. Tuberculosis, your tuberculosis. When you see your polio, when you see your influenza, when you see your pneumonia, when you see your sickness and your disease nailed to that cross, and you know the true meaning of it, it'll mean you'll never accept another sickness or disease in your body as long as you live on this earth. He may try, he may come, he may do everything he can think of, but you'll never take it. You'll apply the, apply the pressure of faith in God's Word and drive that thing out of your body till it never comes back. Until the forces of hell go back to where they came from. That's the only reason why I want to walk in divine hell. Because my Savior was mutilated for my hell. That should be your reason for being healed. You could name a thousand more. I don't care. That should be your reason. And he said as a disciple, he said, go in the world and you heal them sick. What do you think is going to advertise the gospel? You heal them sick. You heal them. You heal them. Raise the dead, he said. Heal the sick, he said. Cast out devils, he said. That's the easy part. I did the hard part. That's what he did. We're not just a sinner saved by grace. Right now I could just jump out of my shoes. I'm not just a sinner saved. You're not just a sinner saved by grace. You are a new creation. What are we waiting for? Dear God, how long are we going to struggle from day to day and not realize that we are superhuman people? Oh, few have found it. Few have found it. I'm going to give you a scripture. One of your rose from the grave. Malachi 4.2 says, But unto them that fear my name. Notice the key. But unto them that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise. Arise. With healing in his wings. But unto them that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise. He's risen. He's risen. He has risen with healing in his wings. And he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the mighty. And under his wings will he trust. Under the healing that's in his wings will you trust. There's healing in his wings. And abiding in that secret place is abiding not only in His love, but he, if you abide me, my words abide in you. If you will eat this Bible, I don't care if you don't understand the Word. If you will eat the New Testament, if you will make that New Testament be to you health and healing to all your flesh and read and read and read and read and read. Put your newspaper aside. Put your TV off. Put your radio off. Read and read and read. You do it for two months, you never want to watch TV again. Never. Never. You'll never do it. You'll get so filled with the Word of God. You're, you'll, you'll be going out laying your hands on the sick on the street corners. You'll be doing it all. I mean it. I mean it. Why do you think uh, Brother Wigglesworth could do it? He was so full of God's Word. Did nothing but read the Word of God. He was so full of God's Word. You could take as much of it as you want and get as strong as you want. What you put in is what comes out. Put in 5% a day, you'll get 5% out. 
I don't want to be a weak Christian, friends. You know why? The devil's too sly for that. I don't give him no credit, but I'll say this. His devices are cunning. And if you don't have the wisdom of God, your wisdom can't handle it. There's healing in his wings. And that healing is right here tonight. He's a God of miracles. And he's going to do miracles right here tonight. Right here. Right here. He is going to heal, deliver, and set free. He's here. How long shall you halt between two opinions? Let God be God. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.